Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. doing Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 20th of June 2022 with me Daniel Ruiz Tyson episode 398 the fun size fruit era within touching distance now of the 400 hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going busy out there as you can hear in the background it is 0930 hours uh, the sun is back out today blue sky is going to be heading out there later once i get the show out got my poundland uh, sun factor 30 cream to put on wondering if i'm gonna have to draw the blinds i don't think drawing the blinds will do anything closing the blinds do you draw the blinds do you close the blinds i'm always confused give me net curtains i always knew where i was with net curtains let me just Pause this and see if uh, closing those blinds does anything. Hang on. And I'm back. I don't think that's going to do too much. It is just a, a very noisy road. Very tired. Just not sleeping. Sleeping worse than normal. I was uh, I was awake again around oh, 0300 hours and then struggled to get back to sleep. This time I tried not to listen to anything. Just uh, closed my eyes and tried to think myself to sleep, but it wasn't uh, very effective. You might hear the scaffolders. I think they're at the back of the flat. They're supposed to be finishing tomorrow. We'll see what happens. The roof finally looking better. They did the classic thing that you normally get from builders where they slag off the work of the previous builders. But uh, I think in this instance, uh, they were right because I don't know why the tiles weren't replaced the first two occasions the work was done ticklish throat weekend was spent resting i was sluggish five gigs in seven nights took a toll i think every time i do more than two or three gigs in a week by the time i get to the fourth gig i'm, I'm feeling quite jaded i have to say i did an lft on saturday just to make sure that it wasn't uh, the virus again because i wasn't feeling great throat was a bit funny and because i just had no energy i did one of those uh you know, uh, LFTs where you're swabbing the throat and the nose. Swabbing the nose with these longer buds always seems to irritate my nose and I start sneezing uncontrollably and then, you know, uh, swabbing the throat. I think you do the throat first. That always just uh, makes me gag. Red loads over the weekend, which was good. I just wish I'd had a bit more energy. Just uh, just couldn't get going physically. And then yesterday morning, Sunday, I got uh, some devastating news. My friend's older sister had passed away suddenly on uh, Friday. I think it was Friday evening. And uh, just knocked me for six. I mean, I considered her a friend. I'd known her most of my life. Like my friend, she was just a, a real character 
has passed away far too soon. The only person I've ever met who threw a hi-fi outside of a window, I should say through a window, that might have been, uh, that might have made more sense. I still remember that. It was the late 90s. I'd gone to see my friend and he was actually in the garden. Luckily for them, they never used to really mow the lawn to the extent that we once had to dig a a jeep out of that garden. You couldn't actually see the vehicle. The grass was so long. That's a story I've told on here before. But because they didn't uh, cut the lawn, I think the hi-fi... It might have been saved. I, I can't recall. I was just in shock that someone had actually done that. The first time I met her was in, I think it was Curry's or Rumblows. I can't remember which. There were Clapham Junction at both both branches, both stores. It was on St. John's Road. And my friend and I were in there and she came to meet us there. And I'd been going to his house by then five or six years. And at the time, the first two or three years, she was still living there with him and uh, his brothers but I never used to see her I just used to hear her it was like a sitcom where someone would talk of a of a character but you never actually got to see the character Uh, a bit like early Doc Cotton in EastEnders you know Doc Cotton wasn't an original EastEnders character it was about five or six months before she turned up but she would be mentioned a lot so it was a bit like that and then when I finally met her she turned up she'd had a bad afternoon it was a Saturday 1995 summer of 95 and I was finally introduced to her and she just threw her bag on the floor of the shop she'd had a bad day and she wasn't afraid to let everyone uh, know about it and I thought wow she's a a bit of a character like the rest of her family and uh, yeah gone uh, far too soon really it did it knocked me for six I went to bed I was reading listening to the radio and then I, you know, fell into one of my cat naps, which often produce vivid dreams. And in this particular dream, my friend and I, friend who, who had lost his sister, we were meant to be, we'd been invited to a party, but my friend had told me that he couldn't come along because his sister had passed away. I didn't go to the party, but I went alone to some gathering in a pub that I'd never been to. It was outdoors and... I moved away from the crowd that I didn't know too well. I was missing my friend, the fact that he wasn't there because he's a more gregarious guy and I was a bit out of my depth. And then that's the throat being ticklish. Apologies for that. I should have had a glass of water here. I found myself within the dream weeping for my friend's sister and I'd only just had the news that morning. That is how I felt. But it's uh, it's strange that these things emerge within a dream it was just uh yeah it was a it was a bad start to the the weekend well a bad end to the weekend it was sunday i mean we're at that age now where the natural order of things losing parents that's more or less happened with many of my friends and it's now moving on to losing the siblings and that is gonna be the next mental adjustment that yeah you have to make at this stage of your life but you know good thoughts to my friend and his family and uh, to my friend that passed away you know thank you for thank you for being a good friend and pleasure to have known you one of life's uh, characters let's uh, let's move on let's try and uh, let's try and feel a bit more positive not sure the next item will actually do that the power lamp battery in my alarm clock went I've got no watch 
I need a stopwatch for my stand-up, but you know that's that's something I'll get around to. You can get a cheap one now for about fifteen, twenty pounds in Argos. So just as I move towards doing uh, professional gigs, I've got to make sure that my 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 sets are finishing on time, which they usually are because I do rehearse a lot. But it'd just be nice to have that backup, that reassurance of a digital watch where I can just uh, hit the stopwatch as I go on stage. At the moment, I don't have that and it's got to be a big enough uh, clock face now that I can actually see the time without uh, the glasses. Today's schedule for me rehearsing my stand-up I've got a new bit that I, I need to try that if you heard the Patreon uh, bonus episode uh, that was out on Saturday a couple of days ago episode 397 I forgot a bit of my new material at Thursday's gig no no biggie just uh a reminder really that I needed to do a bit more work on it so I'm trying to get that right for some reason it's been tricky it's still proven tricky this morning but I'm getting there what I'm doing rather than rehearsing the whole set I'm just trying to nail down that new material that new uh, one minute bit trying to get that right before I start rehearsing the whole set ahead of uh, tomorrow's uh, gig so I've been doing a bit of rehearsing this morning and once I record this early lunch head to the cafe may stop off at my aunt's before that I'm not sure need to work out before I leave today what I'm going to be working on because my writing this year, I think this, a combination of things, having the space daddy lying low because of COVID, it's uh, led to the delay that's still going on with the short film project. So that's derailed my year. Getting rejected by an agent for a particular book project at the end of January. I was writing brilliantly up until the end of January. I allowed that to derail me. And of course, the stand-up is just so time-consuming really is time consuming and although it does involve writing of course it it doesn't involve what I consider my bread and butter writing uh, very much bread and butter given uh, given what I make from it so I need to step that up so it's do I continue the question for me today is do I continue working on a project that has got enormous potential that is going to work that I'm going to get right that I will sell at some point but for the last four or five months I've just been dragging my feet over it or do I just get back to working on a project that was further down the line in the hope that I can actually release a book this year I'm gonna I'm leaning towards the latter at the moment at least for today just to see if I can snap out of things and get going hard swallow 0942 hours might be the first one of uh, today's show uh, Patreon episode 397 that was full of uh, hard swallows so once i finish at the cafe get home then go for a run aiming for a 10k today if it's not too hot friday i was aiming for a 10k i had to settle for a 7k as covered in uh, 397 just because it was so hot out there we'll see it still looks like it's going to be hot this evening so i don't think uh, leaving it till the early evening is going to do me too many favors but in terms of how I go about my day, I think that arrangement tends to work better for me. As I've said before, I'm not really a, a, a morning runner. So I did last week, I did a 4K just because I had a gig on the Monday in Angel. I did uh, the 10K on the Wednesday and then Friday was just a, a 7K. Didn't spray any insect repellent on Friday, got away with no bites. Also, I think the insect repellent, particularly in the heat, it can trigger a heat rash on my legs which doesn't calm down until you know the late evenings and also I find it even though I wear a mask when I spray the insect repellent once I'm out there running I can still smell the insect repellent and it does you know leave me uh, 
wheezing a bit and tasting that insect repellent. But obviously, that's better than gnat bites. Although I, I was still getting bitten last week with uh, with the spray. So that's uh, that's my schedule for today. Something on my mind a bit the last uh, few weeks. I suppose a lot more yesterday. Uh, and that is because my material, my stand-up material, covers the subject of not becoming a dad. So it's something that's uh, been on my mind creatively a lot lately for you know no other reason. And reinforced a bit by yesterday being Father's Day, which again, I, I if I hadn't looked at Twitter, I wouldn't have known. And And the thing is, what bothers me about this is not that I was never a dad. It's that to this day, I just don't care about it. I don't really care whether I had kids or not. That that bothers me. I don't think that kind of attitude is normal. And I, I wonder where it comes from. Uh, it might be an immaturity, a refusal to kind of grow up so I can, you know, continue playing Star Wars football until my final days. I'm just uh, not sure it's normal. If I do somehow make it to the care home years, will I continue the Star Wars football at the care home? Will I have the privacy there I need? Will I be in a position, will I have enough space in my room to close the door? don't know I'm going to pay for the care home, by the way, to close the door without any orderlies coming in and uh, get on with the league. Maybe I'll have to just play less games. I'm not sure. If I'd had kids, uh, second uh, hard swallow 0944, if I'd had kids... There'd been no Star Wars football, that's for sure. There would have been fewer podcasts. That might have been a plus, actually. But, uh, yeah, with kids, there's so much that I wouldn't have done that I enjoyed doing. Obviously, parents will tell me, yeah, but you've missed out not having kids because you would have done this and this and that and that. I just remember that my dad, I don't think he enjoyed being a parent, and I just think I've got too much of my dad in me. I just don't think I'd have enjoyed it. And further evidence of that is that often when my friends have had kids, you know, I'll only be there for particular periods of that kid's life. I'll I'll go absent for long periods. I'm never, it's never a massive thing for me to see someone's kids. I I find them more interesting now that they're older, that a lot of them are adults, just to see what their personalities are like. And, you know, you, you end up becoming friends with your friend's kids. And I like that. You know, I like that. Uh, partly because I need to expand my, uh, I need to widen that social circle. But yeah, in terms of kids, once they get past uh, five or six years of age, uh, up until really they're done with education, I, uh, I don't know. It's just not for me. I think I'd have found that really difficult if I'd uh, if I'd been a a parent and. Yeah, it's it's just a weird thing knowing that the line is ending with me. You know, there's there's nothing coming up behind me, and it's a yeah, it's a strange thing. Not a bad thing. It's a strange thing. I think more people should make that decision as well. You know, there's just too many people where you can look back at what their ancestral line has offered to the world, and you think, why are you still going? You've still not turned this around. What? Why? Do you think that your kids are going to be able to do what no one else in your family has done? Just finish the line. There's too many people on this planet. You know, leave a bit more space for the earth. You've had your time. You've had a good run. Your family's been going for, what, four or five hundred years? Uh, step away now. That's it. We're done. All right. Uh, books. I've uh, been reading a lot, as I said earlier. I finished uh, Stephen Price by Gaslight. Brilliant book. 
the the punctuation, the lack of punctuation. Again, as I said, that's that's a problem, but a real pleasure to read the book otherwise. It was using a font that I've not seen too often. I think it was Gaudy or Gaudy. I think it was Gaudy, G-A-U-D-Y. And I checked on Windows today to see if I've got it. I don't, but it was a really nice font. It needed to be, to be honest, with no uh, punctuation in the book. The book needed to be, the font needed to be as clear as possible, really, to allow the writer to get away there. That was a hard swallow, 0947. I'm now reading another Gaslight book. You know, I uh, I love my Victorian and I love my Sherlock Holmes. This is Michael Curlin's Death by Gaslight, a Professor Moriarty novel, uh, which features cameos uh, from Holmes. It's the second of six Moriarty novels. Might be the first I've read, I think. I wasn't even sure whether I'd read this one because I, I don't really, once I read a book at home, I really should have a pile for the books that I've read because often I don't get around to reading them for a long time because I'm also reading library books. So when it comes to my own books, I'm not always clear what I've read, but I hadn't read this one. I'm racing through it halfway through it now. Started it Saturday evening. Really uh, enjoying it. Great fun. London, this is called Death by Gaslight. London, 1887, and a vicious killer stalks the gaslit streets of the capital with a particular penchant for the blue-blooded aristocracy. He is leaving lordly corpses behind locked doors, and high society is in uproar. Scotland Yard calling the great Sherlock Holmes to hunt down the murderer, but even he is unable to bring the monster to justice. Several more noble throats are slit before the Yard turn to the one man who might be able to solve the bloody crimes, the Napoleon of crime, Professor James Moriarty ably assisted by American journalist Benjamin Barker and the redoubtable Miss Cecily Perrine. However, Moriarty has his own unique methods of fighting evil, and he and Sherlock Holmes make for the most reluctant of allies. Uh, enjoying that, expect to finish that uh, before uh, Wednesday, I think, at the moment. Looking into Michael Curlin, that uh, took me to the Sherlock Holmes Mega Pack ebook, 25 stories for 69p. That was a, a no brainer, so I bought that. And uh, it's a, a mammoth collection of modern Sherlock Holmes stories, no less than 25 tales by modern masters. Uh, I'm reading the first one, The Adventure of the Elusive Emeralds by Carla Coupe, and it's uh, it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. I try to limit the amount of time again I spend on the ebook. You know, as, as far as I'm concerned, that's more screen time. I, you know, I find books easier for the eyes. But uh, I'm enjoying it. Also, read yesterday's short story on the ebook, uh, "The Judge's House" by Bram Stoker. I heard it mentioned in the brilliant latest series of the Evolution of Horror podcast, which has done a whole series on Bram Stoker's The Count. You know, we're talking episodes that are over two hours long absolutely brilliant I, I i touched on this in episode uh 397 at the weekend and i didn't realize that i had a copy of this uh short story on another bram stoker book called the count's guest obviously it's not called the count you know why i'm saying the count so you'll know what what the book is called and it was actually the book has actually become very popular in recent years, it was originally meant to be the opening chapter to Bram Stoker's uh, The Counts. Uh, I'm getting muddled. It was meant to be the original chapter to The Count. It's a very creepy and unsettling introduction, possibly more creepy than the introduction that actually made it into the book. And if you're a fan of the Bram Stoker book, it is worth 
get in and the judge's house is included in the ebook version of this a student arrives in a small town looking for a quiet place to stay while preparing for his examination making light of the local superstitions he moves into an old mansion where a notorious hanging judge once lived he is comfortably settled and engrossed in his work when uh, I'll swallow 9.52 hours. In the middle of the night, he is visited by an enormous rat with baleful eyes. There's no getting away from the rodents for me, is there? As soon as the giant rat appears, other rats that infest the old house fall silent. When the great rat returns on the second night, the student begins to feel uneasy. He soon learns why the locals fear the judge's house. It's okay. I, I think they talked it up a lot on the podcast, so maybe I was expecting a bit more. I didn't find it creepy. Uh, there was an interesting discussion about another discussion that happened on the guest's show in which I think he was talking about one of his guests, an academic, had cited what the difference was between terror and horror. Terror being something actually quite positive in terms of its impact on the body in that it's the high state of anxiety it produces within you. Actually, it does liven you up you are very alive at that moment uh, there's a there's a lot going on in your body you're very very alert whereas horror just completely freezes you horror is just 100 percent nasty bleak you know the game is up but terror you have a fighting chance you have options you have to fight and overcome the fear that may cripple you, that may stop you from acting. So that was an interesting, uh, that was an interesting uh, discussion. Uh, a couple of things to wrap up this uh, first section of the show. It might be a shorter show today. Uh, it was uh, forty-five minutes, I think, on uh, Saturday. So not selling you short. A couple of things though, uh, just just before we move on to the second half of the show. Wednesday, fifteenth of June. I was at my aunt and uncle's. I'd gone round there after the blood test relating to all the weight I've lost and can't seem to put back on. Look at you, said my aunt as I turned up. There's nothing to you. I bet you don't even have a c- What a mouth, my uncle and I both said simultaneously. She just, uh, she never ceases to amaze me or my uncle. Her and my uncle were arguing about his uh, love of watching or hearing the news. As long as he watches it before six, I don't mind, my aunt said. After that, I need to watch my programs. He knows that. So basically, my uncle began, any global disasters need to happen before six. Otherwise, I won't know about them until the morning. That's what you're telling me. The arguing then moved on to them blaming one another for not having had a girl. They each trawled through their respective genealogy. Uh, my aunt's family, there'd been a mixture of girls and boys. My uncle had uh, two brothers, uh, though he did remind my aunt that his mum had had uh, a daughter that they lost, uh, I think, when, when his sister, his older sister, was just a, a year old. But my aunt was convinced, is convinced, that my uncle didn't have, in her words, the raw materials to create a girl. My uncle blew out his cheeks as the information he'd uh, provided regarding uh, the sister that passed away early was completely disregarded by my aunt. Thinking he'd closed down another line of attack, though, my aunt then came at him from another angle, once again outlining her belief that he doesn't have it in him to look after her as they both uh, make their way through the 80s. 16th of June 2022, what was that? Thursday, 11.03 hours. 
northbound bus towards the cafe upper deck. I was in Brixton. There was an old man ascending to the upper deck just ahead of me. He was going up there really slowly. You don't see guys like that on the upper deck normally. Was he trying to prove something to himself? He took forever, and I'm not sure why he didn't sit downstairs. There was enough space there. There I was behind him, patient, single-gloved. At his age, I'd have established myself on the lower deck. That's for sure. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available, episode 398. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg, facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all my work at danielruiztyson.com. There's the patron page, of course, that keeps this show alive, patron.com forward slash DRT available. Appreciate those of you who continue to support the podcast, keep the show alive. You can also support the work via PayPal and ko-fi.com. Ko-fi, coffee, urinal urinal links on my website as i say patreon episode was out on saturday episode 397 if you are not a patreon uh, subscriber but would like to listen to the show then a one-off donation via the website paypal or ko-fi coffee whatever uh, that will get the episode we transfer to you on the same day also released a mini-sode when shorts were short with uh, the latest guest only listeners can make that show happen i'm trying to monetize my work now and given that when shorts were short was such a commercial flop the only way i can release those uh, 40 unedited episodes is going to be by monetizing the show making it subscription only and all the details are on that mini so that is uh, free. It's going to be the last free when shorts were short show. And, you know, if people don't uh, pledge the details of which are on uh, that uh, mini so, then that's fine. It's a win-win situation for me. If uh, people don't pledge, I don't have to worry about doing the work. If people do pledge, that's fine. I'll do the work, but I'm getting paid for it. And, uh, you know, I'm no different to anyone as i said on episode 397 i'm a creator because i'm a creator that doesn't mean it's okay for me to keep working for free can't do it there's a lot going on i'm at an age now where i really have to worry about the future and should have been worrying about the future to be honest my entire life but uh look that's it now can't make any apologies so i've got to i've got to earn and also you know i want to be doing pro gigs outside of london looking at longer journeys looking at trying to finance those coach journeys just just basically you know i need to live i need to i need to pay my rent i need to pay my bills i need to travel to gigs i need to earn from work that i'm very good at producing but uh, people just don't seem to value it moving on uh, the splitwise app i didn't know that this existed one of the things i always found very uh, awkward about dating particularly on the early dates is the whole thing about splitting bills or one night you're covering uh, the meal, the next night they're covering the meal. I didn't realize there is now an app or oh, it's been out for a while. Let me see if I can find it. I've read it on The Guardian. I didn't realize this is actually for splitting meals between friends, I think. Let me see. It might not even be worth talking about. Uh, the it was written by Imogen West Knights with a, a double-barreled name. You don't need the hyphen in there. The Splitwise app is excellent for divvying up the bill, but it can't fix human nature. 
And this was talking about, uh, you know, haggling over bills. It actually mentions a, a funny anecdote at the end where a guy who'd bought a, I think he, he'd gone whatever it was. There were four of them. They bought some ice cream, going to their friend's house. And the following day, he turned up to get the rest of what he felt was his share of the ice cream. It reminded me of the time that I took a dessert to a friend's for dinner. This is about 10, 12 years ago, maybe. And they didn't serve the dessert. I think they served another dessert. And I I was kind of, well, I bought this dessert because I fancied it tonight. I'm not doing your shopping for you. I didn't bring you this dessert so you could have it during the week. I bought you this dessert so we could have it tonight. That really uh, bothered me. Nothing really to do with the Splitwise app, but certainly something in common with the whole ice cream thing. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going around in circles here. But I don't know. I've never used the Splitwise app. I don't need another app, but... It is always awkward, isn't it? I mean, I find it very awkward whenever I'm meeting people, particularly if the bill is normally paid at the end. That tends to happen at the cafe. Uh, So, yeah, a bit awkward for me. Uh, Clearly, there is nothing I'm capable of doing with this uh, Splitwise app story. If you're someone who uses it, if you find splitting bills awkward, or if you've worked out how to split bills without any awkwardness, get in touch with the show. Email the show. I think it's about 200 episodes since we last had an email from a listener. DRT available at westegg1607.go.uk. I wonder if uh, the kid, the man who inspired the launch of this show, well, the half man, he is a man now, but at the time he he wasn't when he was uh, dating uh, Blue, Early on, I can't remember what uh, what we used to call her. It was blue, something blue. Originally, it was bad breath chick, but then he suddenly started dating her, and uh, I was meant to forget that he'd ever called her that. But she would never pay for anything, and they'd go to restaurants, and he'd try every trick in the book to get her to pay. He'd go to the loo, come back, and she still wouldn't have paid for anything. And in the end, of course, uh, they split up. But I wonder if the Splitwise app might have uh, saved them or not okay uh, so yeah there was a gig last week i forgot to mention that at the weekend i'd got to the gig this time i got there on time i'd done that gig before in the angel and i got there and as it started filling up there was a fair 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 audience there one actor brought in about eight of her acolytes so she was getting loads of uh cheers but this guy turned up italian no he was he was french a uh, creative looking guy, you know, unnecessarily wide brimmed hat, all these uh, necklaces on him and, you know, wristbands and all that nonsense. And uh, sat next to me and just, I got overwhelmed by his BO. And I, I just thought, how do none of the party that had come in with this guy, how do they deal with this? You must know he's got this BO. What is it with this guy? You know, the hat looked like a. Uh, if he bought it second hand, it would have been two or three quid, maybe. Bought it first hand would have been a lot more, of course. But, uh, you know, you can get deodorant for about a pound. H- how can you turn up like that at a venue? How can you knock around with someone like that who's smelling like that? And there were girls to my left. There was a table of three girls. One was a performer. And we were among the first that were in there. And I just thought, as this guy turned up, they would have, um, they would have got a whiff of that. BO as well. And I just hoped that they had enough about them to recognize that I'd been there pre-BO, that it wasn't me, that this smell couldn't be linked to me. And, you know, if you can afford a pretentious hat, you can afford a 99p deodorant. Thankfully, 
another friend of his came just a bit later on and sat in between us and he was fragranced. He had a decent deodorant on him which served as a counter to his friend's BO and I, I think his friend really did uh, owe him a drink for that. This week's, uh, this week's gigs, uh, just two this week. Uh, tomorrow I'm in Brixton, thankfully. Might be the Clapham end of Acre Lane. Oh no, I'm not actually. <sighs> Got it wrong. Chalk Farm Road. So tomorrow, yeah, I'm in Chalk Farm. Uh, it's doable. I think I could get there via the 88. I'll need to. It's a good job I checked that one out. This is how disorganized I am. I'm also, I always get lost going to gigs for the first time. I have real trouble. Street map has become more complicated now. They change street map and I'm finding it harder to read street map. I've tried city mapper. Google maps I just can't do. But I'm always getting lost at gigs. Now my Brixton gig is on the 7th of July. So tomorrow I'm in Chalk Farm. So uh, I thought uh had an easy one tomorrow. But no, and you got these strikes. So tomorrow I'm at the Power Plant Comedy Cup. Hoping it's not a long night, but I suspect it will be. Got to be there by 7.30pm. That's uh, Chalk Farm Road. I'm on in the final section of that. And uh, Thursday I'm at... Uh, I'm at downstairs at the King's Head well-known night lovely venue that starts I think about 8 p.m and uh, yeah those are going to be difficult journeys because there's a tube strike on one of those nights those are going to be rammed there's the rail strikes I'll have to worry about that during uh, well from tomorrow but uh, yeah good job I checked because I really thought I was in Brixton uh, tomorrow Uh, so I'll be I'll be sticking links to the gigs anyway up on um up on all the various social media feeds. And you can find the uh, When Shorts Were Shorts link at uh, What Happened to the Throat there. You can find them, again, on my uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook feeds, etc. Shorts Were short. that's the Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, uh, sign up to the Facebook comedy page for all my gigs, uh, DRT Comedy. That's facebook.com forward slash DRT Comedy. Had to buy another mousetrap on Friday at Sainsbury's. Uh, I was going into... The Nine Elms Monster with a points balance of 55. Bought a mousetrap, bought a, a black A5 hardback notebook, which had gone up 25p. I just wanted to get more organized with my new stand-up uh, stuff, you know, label everything so I know where it is. Uh, head and shoulders shampoo for £2.50. Birthday card for 50p. Uh, little cousin's birthday today. She's three. Oh, I just find it really weird knowing that... Uh, there's another kid that young in in the family. Um, toothpaste, uh, blueberries, uh, hand wipes, all sugar-free lozenges. I mean, that is just a crippling addiction. Some smoked mackerel for pound forty, a lot cheaper than Little, which surprised me, and uh, some bananas for 40p. Uh, balance, £15.44. Uh, points earned 15p total new points balance uh, 70 uh, points are worth 35p hardly worth uh, talking about star wars football uh, quite a few games to bring you it's actually been a low scoring season you'll see that when i give you the latest league table uh, standings again it's continuing from last season very low scoring season my knees are chafed because it is the season now of shorts with the warmer weather so I'm having to moisturise my knees after every Star Wars football game. Reminds me of the Car Football League in the 90, early 1993. 
when we'd all sexed it up as a result of the um, you know Premier League coming in, and you know the players had their names on their stickers because we used to stick stickers on their uh, and, and sponsors logos on on their bonnets. You know, basically destroyed the value of a matchbox car. Uh, okay, so week. Nine. The rest of the results for week nine. Apex Overlook one, X-Wing nil. The new boys continued their rise up the table with a fifth successive win. They just do not concede goals this uh, these days. Reyes scored on 23 minutes. X-Wing remained ninth as a result of that defeat. Death Star travelled to Tatooine and took the lead, uh, which they were well worth their lead. They put in a really good performance. Remember, they're trying to come back from the 5-0 reverse at home in the FA Cup to Rebels. But uh, Tatooine needing the win to go second. It came back, former Death Star striker medical droid equalised on 22 minutes. X-Wing Luke got the winner on 26 minutes. The league week nine table stand-ins. Hoth were top. They've all played nine games. Hoth top, points 19 uh, goal difference plus seven. Tatooine second, point seventeen plus six. Goal difference. Bezbin dropped to third, sixteen points plus four for the champions. All drawn in fourth. They and Bezbin yet to win since their uh, since winning their opening four league games of the season. All drawn in fourth, fifteen points plus eight. Apex now in fifth, fifteen points minus six. Remember they conceded a load of goals. Actually minus five. I've got that wrong. That'll impact my. That's my eyesight. I hope this never. These eyesight issues never mean that I get a final league table wrong and someone ends up winning a title or qualifying for Europe when they shouldn't have. Uh, Concord Dawn, they're in sixth place, ten points plus one goal difference. Rebels in seventh, uh, points nine minus two goal difference. Empire down in eighth, minus six goal difference. X Wing. Uh, five points minus six. They and Death Star both yet to win a game, and uh, both interestingly, uh, curiously rather, they're, they're the Europa League entrance this year, and they're both at the bottom. Death Star bottom four points minus five goal difference. It was a back-to-back league program, so very unusual for Star Wars football. I do like the league. It's my, you know, it is the bread and butter of Star Wars football. It's nice to be able to play a couple of uh, uh, league. Uh, sequences in terms of fixtures league week 10 empire one rebels one i think rebels that means it's six games unbeaten for them i'm forgetting that 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 information is no longer as fresh as it was on the 15th of june uh, rebels empire took the lead through trooper his first goal of the season brilliant goal it was at the assist from lobot but uh uh, Wookie came on for Rebels and scored his first goal. Brilliant ball in from man of the match or woman of the match or person of the match. Endor Leia crossing from the right. It was her best game for Rebels and Wookie's header got Rebels an equaliser. Uh, the shock of uh, this latest round of league fixtures. Aldron in fourth versus Apex in fifth. Aldron nil. Apex one. Raya another goal for her. Again, they scored early on four minutes on four minutes and uh, they held the lead comfortably. They've not conceded now for eight or nine games. I think they're challenging Hoth's record from a couple of seasons ago. I'll have to check that. But that meant that Apex briefly uh, ascended to second from fifth place. Uh, Bezbin 
travelled to Concord Dawn and got uh, drawn into a real back-and-forth match. Ended up uh, winning their first game since uh, week four. Best bin uh, triumphing uh, 3-2 goals from uh, Bespin Leia Rojo. Uh, Bosk had opened the scoring for them with his seventh of the season. Uh, Finn had scored from the penalty spot for Concord Dawn. There was an own goal from Chebacca who was man of the match. The Bespin skipper Bespin uh, climbed back up to second with that win. Uh, yesterday, 19th of June, yesterday evening, the two bottom clubs, X-Wing and Death Star, both played out an entertaining one-all draw. Sandy, who'd had a brilliant game in the X-Wing goal, he was sent off late on uh, because X-Wing had made all their substitutions. Emperor, who was already going to be man of the match, his defensive performance was outstanding. He had to go in goal for seven-man X-Wing and save General Medine's uh, late penalty to give X-Wing, who'd taken the lead, uh, a point. Both teams remained uh, marooned at the bottom. And in last night's top-of-the-table clash, first versus, well, second going into the week's, uh, the League Week 10 programme. But by uh, last night, Tatooine were were fourth. It was a goalless draw between Hoth and uh, Tatooine. Uh, Tatooine, the point meant that they are now in third place and Apex dropped to fourth. I'll give you the league standings. All have played 10 games. Hoth atop 20 points from 10 games, plus seven goal difference. Bez been back up to second, 19 points for the champions, plus five goal difference. Tatooine in third, plus six goal difference. Apex also on 18 points, minus four goal difference. Let me just check that. Minus five, yeah, minus four. Uh, Aldran in fifth now after that defeat. They're on 15 points, plus seven goal difference. They've... You know, they're the top scorers in the league. 13 goals, still only conceded six, but uh, they're just not winning games. Concord in sixth, 10 points, zero goal difference. Rebels, uh, 10 points, they're in seventh, minus two goal difference. Empire still in eighth, nine points, minus six. X-Wing, six points, minus six. They and Death Star at the bottom, still yet to win a game. Death Star bottom, five points, minus five goal difference. Uh, as you can see, there's a... There's quite a gap between the top five and the rest, five points. Uh, it'd be a surprise if that top five weren't uh, the European qualifiers. Something I was thinking about, curious case of no midfield captains. You know, I, I was always as a kid, you know, a big fan of Michel Platini before uh, he allegedly became a corrupt uh, UEFA bureaucrat. Beautiful player. And I always loved the number 10 who was uh, the captain, wore the armband, usually on the left arm. And yet here in Star Wars football, I realize that that the the captains these days are either strikers because the longer serving players have either left. There's a couple of goalkeeper captains now, but usually they're defenders. No midfield captains. It's a curious, curious thing. Uh, Moving on to the cafe where I hope to be in three or four hours time. I, you know, Morocco came in. This was Friday, Friday the 17th, and uh, we bumped fist. I instigated that, and uh, he took a look at me. He said I looked uh, quite under the weather, very tired, very drawn. And he said, regardless of whether you're doing some work, I'm going to sit at your table and I'm going to talk to you because I think you need to talk to someone. And yeah, we talked at length, you know, and I was quite open about things. He was very open. Um, he did admit he was bonkers and that he does smoke marijuana in the evenings. But, uh, you know, we've known each other for some time now. I just felt, um, actually, he does remind me of my dad in terms of his olive skin colouring, the way he talks with his hands. He's very expressive. He used to work at the 
car stereo place that was just uh, meters away from on South Lambeth Road from the cafe that finally closed down just four or five years ago, maybe. So he knows his way around, um, you know, cars, bikes. He builds bikes. He actually built himself a, a bike, rigged the bike up so that it can work electronically and manually, which I'm not sure is uh, legal. He said he uh, he did something to it and it worked really well. He took it out for a run. He said it can do 22 miles an hour and he, he gets jobs word of mouth fixing people's bikes. And he's also been battling the local drinkers who were always outside, stationed outside from very early on in the day before the pubs open outside the health centre on Wilcox Close on, uh, you know, the Morby Bruff health centre, which is a terrible look for a health centre to have alcoholics outside drinking, you know, Kestrel and all the other uh, strong alcohol drinks. So he's been taking them to task, getting them moved on. The health centre has also been acting on that. It's just, uh, you know, people don't really care for how they make their community look. But anyway, we were chatting and he was a runner when he was younger. He knew Saida Wheater and he used to train with Saida Wheater's brother and he was saying, Saida Wita, you know, put Morocco on the map, but rather than doing more for the people, he just got in with the king at the time. And uh, it was all, you know, rich people just looking after each other. And uh, that there is, to this day, some disappointment among Moroccans for how Saida Wita just, uh, you know, turned his back on the people. Uh, he came to London in 89. He'd married a uh, woman from New Zealand. They'd lived in New Zealand briefly. His son was... Uh, spent, I think, five or six years in New Zealand. He didn't want his son growing up in Morocco because he didn't want him, he said, thinking like a Moroccan. He wanted him to, to come to London. He wanted to be able to shape his son in London. And he said if his son now wanted to go to Morocco, I think his son's about 30, because his son's a bit more together now. And he said he'd be happy to set up his son. He's, I think his son's a teacher, happy to set him up in a school over there. But he just wanted his son to be here so he could help to, to shape him rather than have him uh, because he came from a small village, you know. Uh, having that small village mentality, as he put it. I felt this need to share my name with him. You know, I mean, in Hard Swallow, 10, 21 hours. In 2015, after two chats, just two chats, he asked me to go halves with him on a mortgage without even knowing my name. I thought it was about time he knew my name. And I thought, what you know, what harm is it going to do to me? I'm isolated. I need to know more people. He's a he's a decent guy. He tried to buy me a coffee, but I don't want to get into all that. I'm on my budget in the cafe. You know, the food food is going up. So every you know, the coffee's gone up. You know, I'm watching every penny right now more than ever. But uh, what I've done today, though, is rather than go there this morning, I'll go there in the afternoon just to try and break that familiarity a bit with him. So, you know, because my time in there is important, I need to work in there. So it was nice to chat to him, but I did lose an hour of writing. But a chat every now and then, you know, we all need that, I guess. And that is it. That is the end of uh, today's show. Remember, if you want to get the uh, Patreon episode 397 or if you want to subscribe to Patreon and support this work, patreon.com forward slash DRT available or make a one-off donation via the website, danielruistizen.com retweets, shares of the show on your social media, all appreciated, all help the show grow. Behind this voice, behind these hard swallows is a man who does need to earn money uh, to keep this roof over his head. I hope you can appreciate that and, and help get the show out there. 
now it's time. I'll leave you with uh, one last hard swallow, 10, 23 hours. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm Daniel Brewers-Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. 